0: Welcome to the Uncommon Room Podcast. We're a group of women going through the motions of our 20s, yet we are all at completely different stages of life with a lot of different backgrounds. We want to have uncommonly candid conversations about things that we may not hear our friends and family talking about. So grab a glass of your drink of choice and join our conversation. We're so glad that you're coming along this journey with us. Hey everyone, your host Jesse here. Before we begin, um, we wanted to say that this episode was planned and recorded before any of the protests began a few weeks ago. It was originally planned with COVID-19 in mind and the different struggles that people may or may not be experiencing. Kelsey and I decided to listen to the episode before releasing it with a lens of compassion towards this racial justice movement. With everything going on, we wanted to make sure and speak to the fact that our experience with suffering as white women is different than our black brothers and sisters. We do not experience the same level of daily suffering and fear because we have privileges that black people do not. We will never understand the burden that black indigenous people of color bear day to day. We understand that this is a limited perspective and that we will not cover everything within the realm of suffering right now. There are people who contribute their life's work to studying suffering and trauma and human responses to those things. This is simply our own perspectives as 25-year-old white women with different types of struggles on the topic of comparative suffering. We also do not want to drown out the important posts and resources being posted right now, but we do feel that this could be a helpful tool for some people in this time. We want to recognize that this particular episode can be helpful as we deal with comparing our suffering to one another during a time where our world is covered in suffering and unprecedented challenges. We think that an important takeaway from this episode is that our response to other people's suffering can look a lot different from person to person. Everyone needs something different, but for all people, the first thing we can remember is to listen and show compassion. A compassionate listening ear will cultivate a productive, fruitful conversation. Right now, more than ever, there is a pressure through social media and news outlets to respond correctly or do the right thing and feel a certain way in response to the social injustice in our system and even in response to COVID-19. But we believe that every person has the freedom to feel and respond in their own way. We do not have the right to judge how someone is or is not handling a situation. What we can control is our own personal response to what we are feeling and what we are seeing. Now is the time to do our own work. We are hoping that in this episode, you find space for yourself to feel and express your own suffering, that you learn how to have more meaningful conversations from hearing our experiences, and that your relationships with people around you can go deeper, knowing that we all struggle in some way, and in the end, we all need one another to make it through. Please reach out to us on social media if you have any questions or comments or want to discuss something that's said in this episode in more depth. Thanks for choosing to listen today, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. Kelsey Duncan, hi, friend. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's
1: nice to be back. I missed everyone. Thank you for being here.
0: <laughs> I'm honored to have you back. Um, Kelsey was on episode one and two. You should go check them out. Um, great episodes. Probably but- the best
1: ones she's ever recorded.
0: Well, it's funny because I was about to say we've gotten better since (laughs) then. We have gotten a lot better since then, to be honest. But... definitely joking. Episode one was a hit and I still think about it and I still go back to it and suggest it for people to listen to. So, highly recommend episode one. Um, But, Kels, how have you been surviving quarantine? We're almost to the end. (laughs) North Carolina is in phase one, so we're, like, slowly opening stuff,
1: but... Well, it almost feels like there is not going to ever be an end sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it feels almost like a pseudo end. Mm-hmm. Like I know things are opening up and things are becoming more permissible, but I don't really feel like I can actually do them. Right. So, I don't know if it really feels like the end to me, but I think given the circumstances, I feel like I've been thriving in quarantine. Amazing. Um, I mean there's definitely like losses for sure um, in this time, but there's been a lot of gains. And it's it's been a good time to just reflect and rest and be more okay with not being so busy. I have a really hard time with that mm-hmm. um, and a really hard time with being alone and just sitting with nothing to do. So getting more comfortable with that has been really nice and healthy for me, I think. Um, spending a lot of intentional time with just a few people that has yeah. been good. So, um, like bad. what people? Like what other gains
0: have you made?
1: I don't know. Just You're like curious. probably slip that in there. <laughs> yeah. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Spooky. Um. Well, the single girl of the friend group is no longer single. Hallelujah! Let's so, go. Um. I found in love in a hopeless place. You'd say <laughs> one. One might say that, <laughs> and that's been a really fun addition to my life, and definitely during this time of um isolation and. Quarantining, so man, you deserve it. <laughs>
0: Thanks, <laughs> Thank Jesus. And... Yeah, shout out God. <laughs> um, well, today Kelsey and I are going to talk about just a a topic that I don't know. I don't I don't really hear a lot of people talking about it, but I definitely the more I researched it, the more I realized that I deal with this a lot. Um, it's something called comparative suffering, and there's kind of two parts to it that we're going to take today, and um, Part one is just talking about there's this mindset that a lot of people have um, where you decide to hide your own suffering because you think it's less than somebody else's suffering. Um, You might think to yourself, how can I complain about what I'm going through when there are so much worse things happening in the world or happening to other people? Um, So that's kind of part one. And then part two of this, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is um, looking at someone who has a challenge and minimizing their experience compared to the rough time that you've had. Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll kind of get there and dive more into that, but starting with the first part and just thinking about how we might think that we can't talk about our own suffering because other people have it worse. Um, I'm just going to start with a quote from Brene Brown, who is bae, our woman. (laughs) We love her our queen. I have read three out of, I don't know how many books (laughs) she has so far. Um, just this year and I she's just I'm totally in it right now with her but this is the quote she has about comparative suffering if there's one thing that I've learned over the past decade it's that fear and scarcity immediately trigger comparison and even pain and hurt are not immune to being assessed and ranked my husband died and that grief is worse than your grief over an empty nest or I'm not allowed to feel disappointed about being passed over for promotion when my friend just found out that his wife has cancer she adds, the refugee in Syria does not benefit more if you can serve your kindness for only her and withhold it from your neighbor who's going through a divorce. So, um, those are just some examples that she gave in there that I think are very helpful to think about. But especially right now, as we're going through COVID 19, so relevant. This is really relevant. Um, when she says that fear and scarcity trigger comparison. Like we're all experiencing fear. We're all experiencing, um, a lack of something in our lives, whether that's work or relationships. And, um, that makes us start to compare and look at other people to try and find some kind of answer of like how we should we be, how we should be responding right now and how we should be acting. Um, so I think that's one reason why I'm really glad we're talking about this today. Cause it can kind of bring things back down to reality for us, but I guess we can start by saying, like, how do we how do we rank people's suffering? Like, how do we even get to a place where we think, oh, I my suffering is worse or their suffering is worse than mine?
1: Yeah, because how can you compare situations that you've never even been in yourself? Right. Um I've been experiencing this a lot Um, just like during quarantine. Like I said, I think this is so relevant right now um, because like earlier I mentioned that I feel like right now I'm thriving, um, which seems very counter to what I think most of everyone is feeling Mm -hmm. Um, and what I think I'm supposed to be feeling right now um, because compared to other people, like I haven't. I'm in school so I'm pretty protected by that. I haven't lost a job. Um I haven't lost a loved one. I haven't I haven't lost much. Mm-hmm. Um and so the grief that I do feel over like plans being changed or a trip that I was supposed to go on being canceled like in comparison like that doesn't feel as important at all. Mm-hmm. Um and it's and it's not I think I think it is pretty obvious that those things are very different. Um, and so any grief I am feeling feels like, oh, I don't deserve to feel this because someone else, my my neighbor or another person down the street or my friend who I'm really close to has experienced way worse. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't deserve to feel sad right now. Right. I don't deserve to grieve mm-hmm. this minute loss. Yeah. Um, which brings a lot of guilt and shame and shame yeah. for sure i feel so guilty all the time yeah whenever i talk to friends that are going through a really hard time right now because i'm like oh i you know it just puts it in per- into perspective for me that i'm not mm-hmm. there i'm not feeling that and i don't really sure i can empathize from like other parts of my life that have been really hard other seasons that have been difficult but this isn't really one for me mm-hmm. um and that makes me feel really guilty like yeah. I should I should be having a way worse time than I am
0: totally agree and I think that um you know if you're on the flip side of that where you're the friend who's going through a lot or you have lost a loved one or you have lost your job or whatever right now um I don't know like I think you can even that person is probably struggling with like well I'm not I don't have as bad a situation as this other person or um you know I think that I think that there's I don't know i think that there there is this feeling of comparative suffering with every angle whether you're the one that's quote not struggling as much or struggling more than the other person so i think that there's a lot to that that we can unpack but first thinking about there are different levels of suffering or different calibers of suffering, right? So like Mm -hmm. your canceled plans and the pain you feel from that, the suffering from that is different or a little bit less than what someone may feel if their mom passes away from COVID-19. Okay. That's just how it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But knowing those things, like one, I think like that can put it in perspective for you. If you're the person whose plans are canceled, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, like this thing that is happening to me isn't isn't going to end my world and I'm going to get through it. You know, it's mm-hmm. not as bad as something else that could be happening, but that shouldn't, um, you shouldn't feel the pressure to not feel that pain. Like that yeah. is still something that you're allowed to feel. Like, you're allowed to feel upset that your plans got canceled. Mm-hmm. And just because someone else feels something way heavier right now, doesn't mean that you should lessen your pain and feel guilty for feeling that way. Yeah. You know, so I think that, when we put those things together, like, we can say, okay, here's my little pain. Here's my friend's big pain. My friend's big pain puts my little pain into perspective and helps me see things differently, which I'm really grateful for. I can totally accept that, like, I'm thankful for where I am right now because I'm not there. Mm-hmm. But I also do still feel really sad that I can't go do this thing with my friends. Yeah. And that's okay. I'm allowed to feel that.
1: Yes. Um, totally agree with what you're saying um I think one of my favorite you and I talk about therapy so much it's ridiculous
0: <laughs> every episode Kelsey you didn't listen to the last episode yet but I literally stopped and I was like I swear every single episode I have said something about my therapist and here we are here I, we are again episode seven let's I go I mean when it changes your life so much you can't help but
1: to talk about it it's like Jesus you know it really is 100% <laughs> well I mean they really, like yeah. Very different anyways um Yeah, one of the biggest things I've learned through therapy, well, really just one of the things I'm most grateful for, like with my therapist, is that she is always telling me, like, that is valid, your feelings are valid, and that's okay to feel the way you do. And then we get into, you know, how we can change those thought Mm -hmm. patterns or whatever. But the first thing that she does is always validate my feelings. And I think that in friendships and all relationships of our lives, that's the best thing that we can do for someone whenever they might be feeling shame or guilt over suffering that they don't feel is important enough is to just say, that's valid, I hear you, it's okay that you're mm-hmm. feeling that way.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that's how we can combat shame in all parts of life um, is just validating the feelings of others um, and validating our own feelings, practicing that with ourselves for sure. And on another note of therapy, I had a hard time even getting myself to therapy because I felt like what I was feeling, the suffering that I had, wasn't enough to warrant an hour of someone's time mm-hmm. or to potentially take a spot that someone else could have who was maybe suffering more than I was. Um, so, yeah, I, I minimized my own pain and thought, you know even though I am struggling every day, like it's, it's not enough. Mm -hmm. It's not big enough. It's not that big of a deal. Like I can handle it. I don't need this. Um, or I don't deserve this, Mm -hmm. which is such an awful way to look at it. But, um, I know a lot of my friends who have felt that way about therapy as well.
0: Totally. And I think if you feel that way about therapy, (laughs) and you feel like you can't even go and pay somebody to listen to you, (laughs) you definitely can't open up to your friends who love you and are there for you. Like, I think another thing that comparative suffering can do a result that it can have is just in your friendships, like you feel this distance because you feel like your pain isn't enough to bring up to them, Mm. even when they don't ask. So like, a lot of times I, if somebody doesn't ask me how I'm doing, I'm not going to tell them. And oh, that is amen, like, sister. that's like you in a nutshell too. Like we <laughs> yeah. both do that. We're like, I'm waiting for you to ask, oh, how am I doing? My gosh. Um, so, and that is, that is a part of this. Like that is a result of this. And so when we don't open up to our friends and we don't just come clean and say, Hey, like I'm mm-hmm. struggling with this and I need you to know you don't have to fix it whatever, but I need you to know Yeah, that creates this distance in our friendships and in our relationships because that person doesn't know what we're dealing with. That person doesn't know what's going on in the hardest parts of you. And if we're not vulnerable in relationships, we don't have relationships that are genuine. Like yeah. we might as well just be You know, going and meeting a new person every day as our friends because, like, you're not gonna have genuine connection, you're not gonna have real relationship if you're not honest about this hard stuff going on. And so I think that is really detrimental. And I think that's why a lot of friendships feel so shallow Mm because we're just like, we're not getting there. We're not, and it's, not necessarily like I think for a lot of times like I'll blame it on the other person like I'll be like well like I will tell Steven I'll be like this this person I just feel so distant from them like they're not reaching out to me they're not asking me to hang out they're not asking me about my deepest darkest secrets and like my life struggles and he's like you know like you can just talk to them why don't you call them <laughs> and I'm like yeah totally okay I live with my therapist so I think like it takes a lot of courage like that's a big yeah. step it takes a lot of courage to pick up the phone and call your friends and say like Hey, I'm struggling with this, but I think it's, it's really important, but that's, you know, that's the whole deal. Like Mm -hmm. if we think that our pain isn't important enough and we don't, we think they're going through something harder, then we're not going to do that.
1: Yeah. I think for most people it's this doesn't apply to everyone but i think for most people it is very hard for us to talk about ourselves yeah. i hate talking about myself mm-hmm. unless someone asks me you know then yeah. then i'll i'll like offer up any information you want to know but right. it's very hard for me to like you said be courageous and just offer up any information that i want to tell to someone especially in in like yeah. suffering yes um ways that i'm struggling but that can be a very big gift to the other person as well Mm. to know that, Oh, she has hard things too. And she trusts me with this information Mm -hmm. and maybe they can find something in what you're saying to relate to and find comfort in, or you're serving that person by letting them be there for you. Yeah. You know, that is always a thing that I have to tell myself is let other people be there for you. Mm -hmm. Let other people share your burdens because I don't want to be a burden to people. I don't want to overload someone who is also struggling with something else. Right. Um, but that's what friendship is. That's, you're, you're giving someone else the honor of, of holding those things with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And going, going even deeper into that, like I can feel like, and I think we all can feel like if, oh, if I call them and tell them this, it's just going to be a burden on them. It's just going to like pressure them but like flip it back on yourself do you want to be the person that people call and like ask you and say like hey friend I'm really struggling with this does that burden you does that make you feel like oh, oh god, god I gotta deal with this person no like for me I'm like come one come all bring mm-hmm. it on baby mm-hmm. I love this even though I hate I hate your suffering yeah. but I'm, I'm I want to be that person that's there for you so like why wouldn't the friend that you're going to feel the same way you yeah. know and so we do have to put it in perspective and remember that, you know, when we're when our brains are telling us like, no, you're too much and mm-hmm. no, this is too, too big of a burden. We have to fight that and kind of come back down and say, no, like I need connection right now. I need someone to talk to about this yeah. and I'm going to do this for myself. Um, and yeah, I think that it helps it can help the other person in ways that you're not prepared for. Like you said, like maybe they're going through something and they need the comfort of knowing, okay, I'm not alone. Mm. Like somebody else is dealing with shit or maybe like they have something, maybe they've experienced what you're experiencing. And they have great advice to give you. And you didn't even know that. Yeah. And you would never receive that if you didn't reach out. So I think it can be a big blessing, but I also think that it can, da, da, da. <laughs> I also think that, um, Sometimes when we get to a place in our friendship, so let's say you're struggling, you're struggling with something really big Mm -hmm. and, you know, you start telling people that you're struggling with this thing. And when people aren't telling you their struggles, you get resentful and like angry. You're like, why do they get to feel joy and like why do they get to feel Mm. happy and that frustrates you because when you go to those friends you really are just searching for them to tell you something they're suffering (laughs) you're like but but you you are having a really hard time right now right (laughs) like you're trying to find something that you can relate to with them and I mean I think we all do that Mm -hmm. um but it can, it can be dangerous when it gets to a place where like you aren't celebrating with your friends too, when they have high moments, like you want to, you want to have a balance there, I guess.
1: Yeah. I, at the beginning of this year, went through a really hard season of just feeling really alone and feeling like I was the only person in my friend group who was in the same life stage as me. Um, and I had a really, one of the reasons I, wanted to go to therapy is because i was having such a hard time sharing in the joys of my friends because every time i heard them say something good i was just reminded of how bad i felt Mm. (laughs) about myself and so anytime i would hear them share something that they were suffering through i was like oh great okay so i'm not alone other people suffer too Mm -hmm. very cool which is awesome because like that's a way that we can feel comforted and known um you know, we're all experiencing this human life, you know, we're all going through the motions Mm -hmm. um, and we all suffer in some way. And so that's really comforting. And I think grounding, but at the same time, I think it was kind of unhealthy because that was one of the only things that made me feel better is knowing that other people were suffering too, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I wanted that so badly that I couldn't even hear my friends Mm -hmm. rejoicing. Yeah. Um, Which really sucks because like that's not that's not who I am at all Mm -hmm. like I love sharing joy with my friends Mm -hmm. and being there for them and so I felt very like out of
0: body this is not me at all. Um, yeah, I think I, I feel like with this, too, that, this is kind of reminded me of another podcast I listened to today. <laughs> Shocker, it was Brene Brown. Um, <laughs> but I think our like hardest, deepest, darkest moments are when we are suffering. So to relate on that level with somebody else is big time. Like that is big time connection. No matter where we are in, in our life, and our spiritual journey, wherever we are, we need that. We need to have those conversations. So... I don't think you're, like, weird or crazy for feeling comforted by that. I think that's, like, a really beautiful and good thing. But, yes, I do think it can become unhealthy when you're not, like, also celebrating and thinking about, um, you know, and being able to have those, like, joyful moments with friends. But also, for yourself, you were in a place where, like, there wasn't joy. The only joy that there was was being comforted by pain by other people's pain. <laughs> well, it sounds really depressing. That sounds dark as it fun. is. It is dark. You can admit that it's fine. Um, but I think like the solution to that and the way that you kind of whittled your way out was just like finding little things and like being, trying to find things that you're thankful for and like mm-hmm. looking for opportunities to connect with people, like forcing yourself to do things that you know are going to bring you joy. Yeah. And I think that Honestly, like gratefulness and acceptance of your situation, um, is the only solution to get you away from this battle of comparison and suffering, mm-hmm. comparative suffering. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's some heavy stuff, that's dude. Heavy shit, man. But I think a lot of people go there, and I think a lot of people have seasons. I mean, some more frequently than others, but mm. especially if you're a very emotional person. But um, I don't think it's rare to experience what you experienced. Yeah. Okay, so let's move into kind of part two of this comparative suffering topic. So this is the part where you look at someone having a challenge and you minimize their experience compared to a rough time that you've had. So um, this is like... Another thing that I think a lot of us do, especially if you've experienced a big loss, Kelsey, give us your personal experience with that.
1: Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so I I did this a lot in high school. Um, I mean, I still do it now, but when I lost my dad beginning of high school, you know, a lot of people, a lot of kids complain about their parents, and um, every time I would hear one of my friends complaining, I would just, like, be fuming in my mind, thinking to myself well at least you still have your dad or at least you still have your mom you know you have both parents whatever Yep. Yeah. um and that was definitely minimizing their pain mm-hmm. and I'm um, well I'm not saying that all teenage drama is um worth being consoled mm-hmm. but you know I, I definitely could have at least just heard them a little better and acknowledged that you know, whatever fight they have with their parent that day, like that is important to them. Um, yeah. cause everything's relative, you know, to whoever's experiencing it. Um, and I've definitely learned that as I've matured, um, it's impossible for me to tell someone that whatever they're experiencing with family, any kind of pain is not valid, um, or isn't worth them grieving or complaining about, um, because who am I to say, mm-hmm. even though, yes, I've been through a big loss. And I think that can put a lot of other suffering into perspective for me and for maybe others that know that about me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I should minimize someone else's pain and say, well, you don't understand. You don't know what it's like. Um, you've never experienced pain this big mm-hmm. because that that's not true. I don't
0: know that. Like right. you can't
1: tell someone else that their pain isn't as important as yours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's not like a measure. We said this kind of at the beginning, there's not like a measurement of pain necessarily. Like there are bigger events that can happen than others, but when it comes to pain, like, first of all, it's none of our right, none of our place to judge other people's pain. Mm -hmm. Um, But also like, we don't know the heaviness of the pain that they're experiencing. You know, maybe one of the teenagers who was complaining about their dad, like, has been abused by their dad and they have to live with that, but they're not saying that, you know? And Mm -hmm. so there, I think that's why we have to come into every single conversation with every person, even if they're a stranger with complete compassion, because Mm -hmm. you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. And, um, to compare suffering is completely unfair. Like imagine somebody else who can, who might, they might think that about you, like, Oh, they lost both of their parents and they, you would say you lost your dad. And they'd be like, yeah, well, you don't, you still have your mom, you know? So like there's, there's always like this, this extra caliber that you could go. But again, I think when it comes to pain, it's our responsibility to show compassion and to, invite people in rather than like putting them down. But I can't, I don't ima- I don't know what it feels like to be, you know, in your place. And so I know that like that process has gotta be really challenging, you know? And mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work to accept other people's pain.
1: Yeah, well, I think now I, now having gone through something traumatic like that, as I've, again, as I've matured, I've been able to channel that into empathy rather than just like automatically jumping to comparison, Um, having gone through something with a parent or with a close family member, like now if someone shares something with me, then I can be like, Oh yeah, like I've experienced pain. I've experienced really extreme pain. Um, And so like I can relate to this. Yeah. And, um, I think that's a, a great way to, we we say in occupational therapy we coined it therapeutic use of self. Uh, yes, <laughs> using <laughs> using your own experience to relate to someone else um, and to make them feel like they're not alone. Yes, um, so yeah, I, that's the healthy way I think to mm-hmm. to take an experience that you've gone through to take suffering that you've gone through gone through to use it for good
0: yeah for someone else um well can I just say thank you so much for sharing all of that because that is a really deep journey that you had to go through and it's really brave of you to be able to say like I I judge people for their pain because I was feeling like they didn't know what I felt like and then for you to also be able to like get to a place now where you can just like look back and speak speak to that is really big so thanks for sharing that oh thank you I'm also
1: not perfect at all no
0: you're not perfect she is not perfect I'll tell you that I'm just kidding but no it is I just want to acknowledge that it takes a lot of courage and strength to be where you are now and for you to say those things so thanks that's really sweet thank you yes but going off of what you said about um like using your pain to comfort other people so that is another part of this um comparative suffering section we're talking about here so for me this is like my go-to response to people's struggles okay I swear when people come to me and they tell me their struggle I'm like oh my gosh I'm so sorry to hear that I went through the same exact thing or I feel I felt really disappointed too whenever this happened to me Uh and I just immediately go off and talk about a story that happened to me because really and truly like at the core, like that is me trying to connect. That is my like Enneagram six, trying mm-hmm. to be a loyal friend, trying to like really like feel what you feel like. I want to go through the depths with you and that's what that is, mm-hmm. but it's not appropriate. Like it doesn't work. So not, not always. Yeah. No. And I think some, yeah, I think sometimes like there are a few times where it can work and I think it really Like you have to be very careful, but before you go into talking about what your experience has been, there has to be like this compassionate listening ear to that person before anything else. So you listen to them, you let them talk, you let them explain how they feel, you let them cry. I even think asking questions is really helpful Mm -hmm. and good in some situations. And then if you want, you know, you can share your experience or whatever that you think you can relate to with them. but. I do think it depends on the person. I think it depends on the situation. But when you when you compare feelings like that, the first thing it does is it minimizes the other person's pain, right? Like, mm. first of all, you're not even acknowledging that that person just came to you with their suffering, that person just came to you with that they're dealing with, and now you're going to flip it back on yourself. So I think that can cause some damage in a friendship, and a relationship. Mm. It can cause the person to not want to come back to you. And it can also just kind of cause this, almost this sense of like, like I'm better than you. Cause like, I want, I just one to your pain. It, yeah. It's Literally. like one-upping. Literally. Yeah. I just one to you by saying, but really like, I'm like trying to fight for myself here because really and truly, like, <laughs> I really do mean like, I I am really trying to come to a place where I can feel with you. I want to feel of with course. you. Of course. You're always well-intentioned. Yes. But, but it is. It does not come off that way when, um, especially when a friend is sharing something that they're struggling with. I was talking to some friends about it the other day,
1: or about this podcast, and we kind of decided that there were four, and it's not limited to this. These four things um, or ways of responding to someone else's suffering is the first one you just said, like using your own experience mm-hmm. to relate, um, which. You know has positives and negatives um the second one is just listening and not really saying anything letting the person talk um third one is asking them a lot of questions so mm-hmm. i guess more like active listening and then the fourth one is just like automatically wanting to fix the problem mm-hmm. finding a solution going into action mode yep. and i don't think that any of those four are bad in and of themselves I think using a balance of all four is probably the healthiest way to respond Mm -hmm. to someone. Um, But I know a lot of people that struggle and I do, too, with the fourth one of just like wanting to automatically fix the issue, And that relates to the first one you were talking about, where like you're not really hearing the person and what they're saying you're just automatically like, Oh, this is something I've gone through too. Or, okay, how can we fix this? Mm -hmm. And the person's just sitting there like, well, I just want you to acknowledge. Yeah. Before we fix it. Can you just like, listen to me real quick? Exactly. So I think the first step is just to listen, Yep. to sit quietly Mm -hmm. and not automatically start making comparisons to things that you've gone through, which I tend to do as well. Um, But just taking what they're saying as new information and something completely different Mm -hmm. Um, and then asking them more questions about it, getting to the root of how they're feeling. And then I think some people respond better to using a a related story and some people respond better to fixing.
0: Yeah, I think that you I don't know. I feel like it's like. It's not always going to be a balance of all four because yeah. there are some people who do not respond well to certain things. Like, yeah. I didn't know this about my husband until I got married to him, but like, when he struggles with stuff, okay, I am a fixer, like, 100%. I want to, like, here's the problem, here's the solution, done. Um, so, a lot of times I'd be like, oh, you're feeling sad? Well, just get up and go for a walk. And, it, it took him a long time, but then he, he eventually one day was like, I need you to stop trying to solve my problems and just need you to sit here and listen. Oh, damn. And I was like, Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, no, but no, it was actually, I'm so thankful that he did that because I love him better now. Like I know what he needs mm-hmm. and I know how to respond. And so if you don't know what your friend needs in those moments, like be bold enough and brave enough to ask because it's important. Mm-hmm. So like if Kelsey came to me and was telling me a struggle, I would listen first. Always. You do not need to say anything first, like mm. listen, listen, listen. And then I might even ask her like, do you want my advice or do you want me to just listen some more? Yeah. What do you need in this moment? What do you need from, from me it? right now? Yeah. You know? And I think, I don't think anybody would ever respond negatively to that question. Yeah. Like, I think people would be like, oh, that's so sweet. I mean, there might be an occasion where somebody's like, I don't really know what I need. And in that place, I think that they just need your compassion and your presence. And like, yeah, we'll move forward later. Cause mm-hmm. that means they're probably very overwhelmed and just needs a process. Yeah. More. Yeah. Um, which is something I deal with a lot. So yeah, I think it, I think it's again, all about going in knowing that like, you're not going to have it all figured out and that this person is just to remind yourself like this person is willing enough to tell them what they're, what they're dealing with, mm-hmm. um, to come to you and tell you that. And there's a space there that's really delicate and really special mm-hmm. and we have to like protect it and use it wisely. Um that's a really really good practice. Yeah.
1: To ask the person what do you need from me right mm-hmm. now or how can I best serve you right now? Mm-hmm. Um which I think a lot of us don't do because mm-hmm. we automatically go into one of those four things or yeah. you know, just wanting to fix the problem for them, but I'd say in my experience with sharing struggles, I really just want someone to listen. Yeah. Um, and it depends on who, who I'm talking to as well. Like I know that you, you in my life, you're one, someone that gives really good advice. Mm-hmm. Thank and
0: you. Thank <laughs> you so much.
1: I don't always take it, nope. but... <laughs> not, not, not always. Nope. <laughs> I, I do. I think that you are very wise. And so you're someone I look to for advice. Mm-hmm. Another friend, that might not be what I'm looking for from yep. then. And so giving me the permission to say what I need from you mm-hmm. gives me the power in that moment. Yeah. Um, and that's what we can do for other people mm-hmm. as well.
0: I think that's an even deeper level of vulnerability. So it's like the first step is the fact that, like, you came to me and you told me what you're dealing with, what you're suffering with. The, I think for me, it even makes me feel... Like there's a, I have to jump off another cliff to tell you what I need in this moment. Like Mm. for some people, like, even for you, I feel like it was easy right now for you to just say, I know that I need this from these people. Yeah. But for me, like, it's going to be a whole nother thing for me to tell you how I'm feeling or what I need, not how I'm feeling. Um, so like I have to then sit there and think about what I need. Like, it's really hard for me to ask for a hug. Like, maybe I just need a hug right now, but that's, like, really hard for me to ask for because that's very vulnerable for me. Like, for other people, it might not be Especially vulnerable. when you feel like you're inconveniencing the person by asking them. Totally. There's, <laughs> there's something. Exactly. There's, like, the initial inconvenience. that's my issue. Yeah. There's the initial inconvenience of, like, hey, I'm telling you my shit right uh-huh. now. And then there's the inconvenience of, also, I'm going to need you to hug me right now or mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to give me some advice. Like, mm-hmm. those are – that's just, like, another – one, it's another struggle. <laughs> like it's another thing, but also it's going to be better. Like it's going to mm-hmm. make things better. I think like the more vulnerable you get, the more honest you get, the deeper that connection's going to go. Like just like with my husband, like I know him deeper now because he told me what he needs in those moments. Yeah. So, and it requires a certain level of self-awareness for sure. Oh, totally. Um, which is something that I've
1: really had to practice over the last like two years of my life like I typically am not good at saying what I need yep. um, but I've had to learn how to stand up for myself because there are definitely moments over the last two years where I haven't gotten what I needed because I didn't speak up and say it mm-hmm. and now I understand the value of stating your needs and knowing yourself well enough to know what you need in a certain moment of course that's hard I'm not always good at that but that's something that you need to do for yourself yeah
0: for and if, sure. If you need space and time to do that, like you can say that in that moment. Like someone's like, "What c- what can I do to help you right now? What do you need?" Um I I'm, I'm going to think about that and I'll let you know in an hour. Yeah. Like just be honest, like be straightforward, tell the truth about what's going through your head and I think that like ultimately that's going to lead to deeper connection and deeper relationships. So, yeah. Okay, our last little segment here, um, I just want to talk about this quote. I can't do a comparison (laughs) podcast without talking about this quote. I like that we're kind of laughing about it. Yeah, we can laugh about it because it is cheesy and overused in the Christian culture, Mm. but it has a lot of meaning to it. We can... Definitely thought it was a Bible verse. Okay, I'm sorry. The quote we're talking about is, comparison is the thief of joy. Okay. Yes, it sounds like a Bible verse, but it's not. (laughs) teddy roosevelt said it y'all teddy my roosevelt man. my man yes it is a little bit overused, but and it also wasn't c.s lewis i've seen people misquote it oh yeah. as being c.s lewis you're nope. so
1: right i don't think i knew it was teddy roosevelt to this moment so thank you for enlightening me you're welcome
0: um but yes i actually if you think about it comparison does indeed steal our joy like mm-hmm. it makes us uh become not happy people um and i just kind of want to talk about that talk about our experience with comparison in general kind of apart from um comparative suffering but it still kind of relates um so kelsey when do you find yourself most comparing to other people what do you find yourself comparing Mm -hmm. things to well this might come as a huge shock
1: to people who know me um (laughs) I'm very relational, so I definitely compare relationships Mm -hmm. and friendships the most, Um, especially relationships. This is something that I've had to talk about a lot in therapy recently and just getting into a new relationship. Um, I tend to look at friends who have been in relationships for years and years and compare to them, which is so silly because my current relationship Mm has I've been in it for like less than a month so like how can you even compare the two um but I I think that comes from me just wanting my relationships friendships included in that to thrive the most Mm -hmm. like I just that's where I put a lot of my identity and worth um is into my relationships Mm -hmm. and friendships um and I I want to say that as a a good thing I'm not I'm not putting my entire identity into them Mm -hmm. for sure because my identity and worth does not come from those directly, but it's definitely where I find the most joy. Yeah. It's important. And to subsequently where I compare yeah, the course. most um, because they're so important to me. Mm. Um, so yeah. What, what do you think you compare to?
0: Yeah. Uh, similar. Hold on before I forget this. It's very interesting. What you just said that you compare the most in the areas of your life where you find the most joy Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting because comparison steals away our joy. Yeah. So in the places where you find the most joy, you're comparing to other people. And when you do that, it takes away from the joy that yeah. is your relationships and your friendships. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And I immediately was like, okay, where do I find the most joy? Oh, yep. That's where I compare the most. Mm-hmm. And before I got married, it was... Um, relationships, because I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to have the perfect relationship if I'm going to get married, LOL. Um, and so, like, and far from it, people, far from it. Um, but so I think, like, relationships before I got married, but now that I'm married, it's, like, comparing my lifestyle, the way I spend my money, and mm. um, the way that, like, the phase, I guess, the season that I'm in. So, like, you know, people over here buying houses, having babies, like, totally like I'm, depends on the season. Yeah. yeah, I'm 100% comparing myself to that. And I'm like, I'm not ready to have babies. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, like, you don't have to. No one's telling you you do. But I definitely compare it to other people. And I'm like, well, if I want to be a young mom, then I have to, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, it goes yeah. into this huge um, rabbit trail. So, and that's where I find the most joy is like with. Steven and with like being secure in our, in our family. And like, like, it makes me so happy to feel like I know what's, what's going to happen. I know what season is next. Mm -hmm. I know where my money's going. Like all of those things like make my, again, my Enneagram six heart really happy. Um, so that's where I compare the most obviously. And it's also where I find like the most like I find that I get the most frustrated with myself. Mm. So, um, and that's because of comparison.
1: I think we compare the most to the areas of life that we find the most joy, but also the areas of life where we have the most fear surrounding that. Totally. Um, and I see that a lot with relationships and friendships for me, because I definitely, I think because of what I went through with my dad, I have this fear of abandonment that Mm. has just followed me throughout the rest of my life. Um, And I'm always scared of losing those things because I hold them so close and so dear. And I definitely have the most trouble trusting Mm. that those things will bring me joy. Even though they most of the time do, there's a lot of fear that it could always be better or it's not as good as it could be. Mm. Um, And then that's when I go to other people. That's when I get on social Mm -hmm. media and I watch people's stories or I get on my freaking discover page and look at look at people that I don't even know. The Discover page is the devil. I I yeah. Why do why do I do that? I don't know. But yeah, but I also I compare the most to the people that are closest to me Mm -hmm. because I know the most about their lives. Yeah. And I'm around it all day,
0: every day. How can I not? Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. You just went somewhere real deep with that. I, I like did. Gosh. We compare in the places of our lives where we feel the most joy and simultaneously the places where we feel the most fear. The place where we feel the most joy is where we feel the most fear. And that, like, actually makes a lot of sense because we don't want to let go of the things that bring us the most joy. Like, we don't want to lose those things. Yeah. So we're going to be really afraid and we're going to compare to other people because Somehow we think that Comparing our lives to other people Will bring a sense of like Oh I'm doing it right or wrong Yeah And I think like that I mean like Saying it out loud right now I'm like that's so stupid Why do we do that Mm. But It makes, it also makes sense. It makes so much sense. I wanna
1: go tell my therapist this revelation. I
0: just want you to know (laughs) that, like, I figured something out that you don't know. (laughs) Have you ever heard of this? I bet you (laughs) haven't. They're gonna be like, yes, sweetheart. And they're gonna have like, I've been trying to tell you
1: for the last (laughs) three
0: months. (laughs) Literally. Um, But I think that's really important just to recognize that. Like, I think that's gonna help me a lot in the future just to be like, oh, like, I'm comparing because I don't wanna lose this thing and I think it's really important. Every single one of us has a different body, a different brain, a different heart. We all have different experiences. We have different backgrounds, different upbringings. We all have different opinions about the world around us. Mm -hmm. We have different relationships with other human beings who are different people. And it just, it is kind of crazy that we think that our lives should mirror other people's. Like we... For some reason, I think God, it doesn't. Yeah. Like I'm. (laughs) what if we all look the same? No bump that. Like, Uh I think, I think that like, it's important to just bring that back to reality. Like, oh, maybe my like relationship with my husband is going to look different than my best friend's relationship with her husband because they're Mm. different people and Mm. they've had a different journey. And, um, I think that that when once you get to that place, then you can start to have conversations with those people mm-hmm. about their experience, and you start to realize more and more, okay, we're different. We're different people, and my life doesn't look like yours. And I'm actually like glad that we have our own experiences that we can share, yeah. rather than and that we can learn from each other for sure. Exactly. But not like I need to make sure. Well, they're doing this. I should start doing that. Yeah. It's not. That's not the mindset we should be having. But yeah. How boring life would be yeah
1: I also want to say one of the things I've learned recently in therapy um, about feelings is my my therapist helped me realize that feelings point us to what we hold very dear to us Mm -hmm. what is important to us they point us to the fact that I'm feeling this so much means that it's really important to me Mm -hmm. and that's but that's not indicative of of how we should respond you know, yeah. Um, but I really love that picture. I mm-hmm. really love that, like, feelings are a good thing. Mm-hmm. And the feelings we have whenever we compare to other people is not always negative because it's telling us of what's truly important to us. Yeah. And what, but what's really important is how we respond to that and how I think deep we let that affect us and take us away from. The joy that we could be experiencing yeah. if we just let shit happen right. the way that it's supposed to.
0: yeah,
1: And we were grateful for what we have, what's bright in front of us, and we lived in the present, which mm-hmm. I have a super hard time doing.
0: <laughs> so, the way that we live, um, even with comparisons thrown in our face all the time via social media, um, like the way that we live in this world and in this place is we train ourselves to become grateful for where we are and the place that we're in and even if you're not ready to be grateful like acceptance kind of like we talked about with body image like Mm. it doesn't have to be this like oh I love my life and everything about it but like just getting to a place where you do recognize the beautiful things and the great things that you have Mm -hmm. but also like you accept like this is where I'm at and I'm supposed to be here like there's a reason why I'm yeah. in this place and then when you look at other people and when you are faced with comparison because it's going to happen mm-hmm. you then can shift from a place of like oh I need to be like that to they're like that which is great for them mm-hmm. I'm like this which is great for me and then we move on from it yeah um,
1: because there's also always going to be someone that's comparing themselves to you totally and thinking like oh I wish I had what she has so that I mean not that that should be the thing that makes us feel better about no. ourselves, of course, yeah. but like it's never someone's always looking at you, thinking the same thing. Yep, it's an endless cycle, and this is not something that any of us are ever, ever going to master. Mm-hmm. And say, well, I just don't deal do with comparison anymore. Like oh that—that's
0: no. never oh, absolutely going not. to be true of any of us. Yeah, and it goes back to what we said with comparative suffering. If we realize and remember constantly that every single person around us is flawed. And every person around us is, they have struggles, Mm. they have pain, they have fears, they have joys. We're all human. We're all equal. Like, if we can start to preach that to ourselves really often, then I think we'll get to a place of comfort. And I think we'll get to a place of acceptance with, like, the season that we've been dealt and the hand that we've been dealt, even if it's shitty. Because we can still Mm. find connection in those places because other people have experienced pain and have experienced Suffering.
1: Damn, Mike, freaking drop. Let's go, let's go, baby. (laughs) Wait around that out, Jess.
0: Thanks. Uh, well, I'm really thankful for this conversation. I think it's extremely applicable right now, personally for me. Yeah, but also for um, the world around us and everybody dealing with the same humongous struggle which mm. is a world pandemic. So yeah. I think that unprecedented one might say, yes, <laughs> completely. Um, okay. So I have one last question for you, Kelsey. This is oh, my, God, I'm always scared of this. I, I know everyone's always scared. When I ask them a question, they don't know the question before the show starts, but then they always answer it. Answer. An- okay. <laughs> they always answer it really well. So here's your question. I think you're going to like this. One. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Favorite album of all time and your favorite album right now yes i'm giving you <laughs> two opportunities so the reason why i'm asking kelsey this is because one time a few months ago we found out that both of us listen to music th- the same way yes we like so a lot of people will find like all the most current songs and listen to them or they you know listen to a bunch of artists at the same time no 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 kelsey and i both <laughs> no, no no we like one album will come out like I don't know, lover by Taylor Swift. And we will listen to the album until we're tired of it. So Mm -hmm. probably four or five months, Mm -hmm. maybe even, Mm -hmm. maybe less than that. It depends on the album. Well, it's until the next album that we like comes out. Exactly. So like every time I get in the car, that's the album I'm going to turn on. Mm -hmm. Unless I'm listening to a podcast, of course, like Mm -hmm. the uncommon room. (laughs) Um, But so like I'm asking you this question because I know that you listen to albums all the way through like I do and you listen to albums for an extended period of time um I know you know of a favorite album of all time you're welcome I'm giving you an easy question you are and I'm also giving you the opportunity to give me two favorite albums so favorite album forever (sighs) okay and favorite album right now that you're into Okay, I do
1: like this question because it's easy to answer, but I don't like this question because it's gonna make me seem like the most basic bitch on the face <laughs> of this planet. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, um, gosh, I really want to be cool and give like an obscure totally. artist or album, whatever, because I'm I like know so much about music, but that's just not true. <laughs> um, <laughs> my favorite album of all time is. <laughs> I'm putting you on blast. Is, I feel like you know this, um, Red by Taylor Swift. (laughs) 100%. Simply because, well, actually, there's a lot of reasons. I can't just say that. But um, one reason, I'm a huge Taylor Swift stan. She could do no wrong in my eyes. I love that woman. Mm -hmm. Um, That album is very nostalgic to me. I remember it came out. I'm pretty sure November of my senior year of high school. Mm. Um, yeah, there's just a lot in that album that I relate to. And All Too Well, the song is on that album, which I She's scream. like tearing up right now,
0: everyone.
1: Oh my gosh. It's the deepest song I've ever heard in my life. And every time I go through a breakup, which unfortunately <laughs> has been a few times, <laughs> that is my anthem. So yeah, that's my favorite album of all time. Always will be, You've epic. also been to... Every Taylor Swift. No, I've been to two. Oh, I I've been to you, two. I've been to all the tours. Tours. I've been to Fearless and Reputation. Amazing. Um, I wanted to go to Lover, but you know, fucking pandemic happened. So that's <laughs> it. S- <ever>. S- <laughs> but you know what? We can grieve that loss okay. because that's validated. Yep, one hundred percent. Anyways, um, favorite album right now. Um, not super current, but <sighs> Harry Styles' Fine Line. <sighs> It came out, like, five months ago. Are you still listening to it? Still listening to it. Okay. My roommates and I listen to it all the time. So I also think there's a little bit of, like, nostalgia. I don't know if that's the right word Mm -hmm. because it's still kind of current, but... Sentimental. There's a lot of yeah. sentimental value to that album as well because I'm listening to it with people that I really love. Oh, totally all all the time. Um, but I'm also just obsessed with him. I love what he stands for and his. He's just like really changing a lot. He's also he's like changing the game. Re- really, really attractive. He's also really hot. Okay. Like really sorry um, anyways, anyways. Uh, anyways uh yeah so those are my answers okay that was a great question thank, thank you so much for asking. oh my gosh yeah. and thank you for this conversation i know it really helped me a lot um I get dug up a lot of good things for me mm-hmm. um so thanks for bringing me on and giving me the honor of
0: talking about oh, it thanks it's a big for topic. being here yeah you have to come back sooner than Last time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's
1: up to you. (laughs) I'll pencil you in. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for
0: joining us, Kels. Thanks for listening and inviting us into your space today. Before you go, I wanted to tell you the three best and easiest ways to show our podcast some love. First, you can follow us on Instagram at Uncommon Room Pod. That's Uncommon Room P-O-D. We would love nothing more than for you to slide into our DMs and let us know suggestions for topics or recommendations on how to make our podcast better. The second way is to share any episode with family or friends who would be encouraged to hear our conversation. Maybe one of the episodes can even be a catalyst to a conversation that's been too difficult to bring up out of nowhere. Finally, we'd love for you to rate us on the Apple podcast app and give us five stars if you think we're worth it. Thanks again for listening today. We hope that there was something in this episode that you can take with you and we challenge you to continue the conversation with others. Talk to you soon.